comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. We are the champions, and this is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. My name is Austin Bolton, and hosting with me today is my wife, Carly House Bolton. You can find us on Twitter at It's Austin Bolton and Carcar McGee. You can also follow Trone and the show at Aztec Breakdown. He's got a lot of like really good March Madness scenarios going through Bracket Matrix, a lot of really good stuff that he's that he's put out on Twitter, so definitely go check him out. And while you're at it, go ahead and uh, give uh, Kyle a follow at Call Me Kinslow and Jacob at Aztec Analytics. You know, everybody everybody really brings different different viewpoints to the table and they they really throw the heat out there. So go ahead and give those a f- give those guys a follow. And then last but not least, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Go ahead and give us five stars. Leave some nice comments uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So, Carly, we're a little late today. Got, you know, kind of had a lazy Sunday getting back to uh, getting back to L.A. How you feeling after senior night? Absolutely great. It was so fun. I mean, we, we were talking this morning as we were kind of going on a walk and grabbing a coffee. Like, this is why we basically moved back to the West Coast. Like, being a part of this season, this is our first year season ticket holders, like, we could not have asked for anything better. And to be able to be there in person on Saturday night to clinch that sole conference championship banner was just really special. It was awesome. I, I will say, kind of going into this podcast, this will probably be the least analytical Aztec breakdown that there will ever be because <laughs> last night wasn't about the X's and O's, the stats. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But it was kind of a coronation of this team, really, and just how how nice of a season that it has been, even with some ups and downs and just like emotional roller coaster that kind of the season was. But last night definitely felt like a coronation for this team. And um, it was a very emotionally charged, you know, just great win for the Aztecs. Yeah, I don't think there's like much to take away from from the, the basketball yesterday other than some of this really feel good stuff. I mean there's there's a few nuggets we'll we'll get into, sure. I think. But you know, it's kind of like as I always shout out my my friend John Schaefer in his post game show, like his whole thing normally is breaking down what happened, how did it happen, how did we get there? And last night was just his live action play by play as the cutting down the nets unfold, which is super awesome for anyone who wasn't there. Like what a what a what a cool thing for him to spend some time doing. It might have been his best play by play work all season, and he did some good <laughs> stuff early in the year for your view, and he was just like right all over it on the post game show. It was awesome. Well done to John Schaefer. Yeah, it was really cool to to kind of we listened to that on our drive home this morning, and uh, it was fun. To relive that moment yeah it's uh it was just it was just a great it was the the best the best atmosphere outside of BYU and BYU was only great at the end of the game because it's well first off it's BYU but it was a close game and a comeback from the moment we walked in the door which was right after the doors kind of like like six o'clock five five forty five six o'clock we walked in there was a buzz there was an electricity everybody was ready for the players to come out um and then you know, once they invited us on the floor, no floor rushing, which was a hilarious bit. Um, it just the entire entirety of the experience was just so inclusive of just the fans, the players, the coaches, their families. And it was really it was a really good time. Can I like roll back a little of the haterade that was happening on the whiteout? 
because all over Twitter, people were like, this is so dumb. And like, I totally get it that there's like not a lot of Aztec gear in white, but I will say it looked pretty good. It's because the white sticks out so much more that yeah. even if it's at 70% or, you know, 60%, it still just pops in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I thought it looked good. I mean, not everybody participated, which is fine. The students had their pom-poms, which is a good touch to get some, like, liveliness they, they down should that They should have end. done white pom-poms for everybody. I, I did say that, too. I'm like, it couldn't have cost more than, like, 25 cents a pop. So. Yeah. <laughs> but next time. So... Any other any any other comments on the gameplay, or should we just or on the game itself as a, as an experience, or should we jump into it here? Let's roll through. We'll come up with some stuff. <clears throat> All right. So the Aztecs handled Wyoming sixty-seven to fifty and clinched the Soul Mountain West championship. Carly, what's your headline? I'm gonna go give a little player love in my headline and just say he is who we thought he was, and that's Jaden Ledee. I thought he just like ate that Wyoming team alive. It was so great to see. I was glad for him to get this game at this specific point in the season because I feel like he is, he and one other person, and I'll save this for our box score breakdown, I think are primed to just be on this March stage. And and I just, that was that was the game we saw from him and it was the game we've been waiting pretty much all year from and what, what a stage to bring it out on. The first game of the regular season and the last <laughs> game of the regular season may have been his best two games of the season so far. Well, I mean, the Boise game at home was excellent. BYU, he was excellent. Um, but he really brought the thunder last night. And he's just so strong. And just like, he was just, his shot was falling. He, he, we've, we talked, Kyle and I talked about this a while ago, but like, he really is a snowball. And if he just gets rolling, and he just gets rolling, you can just see his confidence keep just building and building, and his aggressiveness and his assertiveness on, especially on the offensive floor, uh, offensive side of the floor. You could just you can just see it building up. Yeah, he made some tough shots last night, and it was just, you know, his confidence was through the roof. Honestly, I think the pomp and circumstance of senior night. And him making this choice not to participate, which like me and my little sidebar rah-rah for that, uh, just shows him the possibilities that are down the road for the taking for him. If he comes back to this program and will become a real leader and like this is just the beginning. Yeah, he's he was just spectacular and he he had a little bit of a lull. I don't think anybody would I don't even think he would disagree with that. And just kind of finding his place kind of from Maui into kind of conference season. Well, and earning his minutes too. And earning his minutes. And his defense was great last night as well. I mean he was he was he was all over the place, but it was just he is finding his way and going and, you know, keeping an eye on next year, like he you know, he could also be a Mountain West player of the year candidate, other than other than the other guy we're gonna talk about here too. Like <laughs> It's just this team is going to be stacked again next year, and I. It's just you know, just to the to the rich goes the spoils. What's the what's the uh, yeah, winners yeah. goes the spoils? Yeah, uh, that's the saying. Close so, enough. All right, Austin. What's your headline? My headline is mission accomplished. You know that you know these things are hard to win. We were voted. You know, between us and Wyoming, it was kind of the toss up of who was going to win the conference this season. Um. They're, it's a hard thing to do, and I'm glad that we we relished it last night before we're kind of moving on to the next task. But out of our season goals, this was the first goal is to win the Mountain West, you know, regular season championship. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I like it. I mean, think of how wildly bad 
Wyoming season went. You know, and, and if, <laughs> when you think about what the pressure and the expectations that are put on these teams at the beginning and the polls that are out. I mean, look at North Carolina. There are teams out there that were ranked number one in the country, you know, projected to be first in their conference that aren't making the tournament that ended up last in their conference. And so, you know, regardless of the ups and downs throughout some of the gameplay, I think that this team's performance that to align with the expectations of the beginning of the season was pretty remarkable. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this team will be judged on one thing and one thing only, and that's what happens in the big tournament. I think pretty much everybody's acknowledged that at this point. But you still have to have building blocks to get there, right? And this is part of those building blocks for the ultimate goal and the ultimate kind of way this team will be judged. And it's just, it's all, it's still just tracking. It's still tracking exactly how we were all hoping in October. Well, it's funny too, and if you read Ziegler's most recent post and his, his article about how it's it's a little unfair that that's the standard by which some of these good teams are held to, that like this whole thing is, you know, contingent upon getting wins in March, and, and it's really so unbalanced when you think about the grind that goes in to a season like this to end up 24 and 6 on the regular season, 30 games worth of resume is all boiling down to like what's happening over the next basically 30 days. So, um, you know, we'll get into a little bit of what we think this team's going to do in March, but uh, I think this regular season title is really, really special. Look, I mean, that's sports though, right? Like sports is about what you do in the big time, but it's the journey in which is what makes it so intoxicating. Like you go through these moments, you go through the ups and downs of the season for these big moments at the end of whatever you root for, whether it's, pros college golf you know it's like it's it's all about the the journey is what's intoxicating and just the the possi- the possibilities because it is it's an unscripted we don't know what's going to happen and that's the fun part it's true whether or not it you know adds gray hair to to the too much gray hair i already have like it that's 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 all part of the, that's all part of it you know that's true there was a micro journey happening in section u as we were all kind of score watching the boise utah state game and it was really interesting i meant to to comment on this when we were kind of giving our opening thoughts uh dutch must have given a directive to pay no attention to the results of that game because by halftime, the buzzer at our halftime almost exactly, we knew that we were Soul Mountain West Conference regular season champions, but there was not a bit of fanfare. And I think it's actually kind of awesome because when the buzzer hit zero in the second half and we beat Wyoming, like those guys knew that they earned it. They were not winning this by default. But I, I, it was funny because everybody was kind of just buzzing on it on the news and we, we were waiting for that just as kind of a little pressure valve they even stopped showing the out-of-town scoreboard oh i didn't notice point. they didn't do it one other time the rest of the game interesting i also heard that and i don't know how this is unconfirmed just a rumor but that if they lost they weren't going to cut the nets down regardless of the boise outcome yeah that would have been a huge bummer but like, but it would have been hard to be get yourself pumped up for a loss to the bottom team in the conference and then try to yes. do this so anyways things went as planned things and we went, even covered we even covered by two, it's 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 crazy how good those the handicappers <laughs> the, are. Yeah, the analytics of this stuff is is crazy. All right, so let's jump in the box score here. Just talk about a couple guys. Um, the first off is going to be the MVP of the game, Jaden Ledee. Uh, he played twenty four minutes. Yeah, yeah twenty four minutes. He was eight for nine from the field, five Ooh. for six from the free throw line, twenty one points, eight boards. He drew six fouls. 
he, you know, he was just, he was outstanding. He only he, committed one foul, which is incredible, because he was playing his ass off. He was playing hardcore defense. He got switched on Maldonado a couple times. He, I mean, you know, the whole team played great on Maldonado, but, I mean, so did another guy we'll talk about here in a <laughs> few. But, you know, I think, you know, he's obviously getting more minutes because he's playing better on the defensive end. That's no secret of how to get on the floor with the Aztecs. But he was just, I mean, like you said, he is who he thought he was, and it, it came through last night. Yeah, great to see. And just those numbers are outstanding. Um, can't wait to see more games like this from him in the future. Yeah, I. it's just the, everything's so positive right now with him, and you just, you just love to see it. It's just You just love to see it. So moving on uh, to Adam Seiko, uh, he played 21 minutes. He was 5 for 7 from the field. He was 4 for 5 from 3 for 14 points. Um, he had two assists. He started at point guard. He was a team high plus 20. Nice. Um, what can you say about the guy? I mean, he's just the guy's cash money. It just he just needs to rip more shots. Just rip the shots. Uh, he's got to ride this into the rest of the season. You know, this this postseason play. I, it's just a perfect ending to his time in VA House Arena. It was such a great game for him. Uh, he had some shining moments. It was I was just really happy to see it. He is just. I mean, he's he's kind of the antithesis of just San Diego State basketball, right? Just he just is the program guy. He plays hard defense. He he's humble but wants to win. He, he's a team player. He didn't start. He started for his national team and doesn't even start for San Diego State. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's crazy, right? And so just, I would say he's more like the poster child for Aztec sure, basketball. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you so. know, it's it's um and and I shouted this out two two, three pods ago. He's now tied with Jimmer Fredette for winningest player in Mountain West Conference history. So we gotta get him one more at least. Hopefully oh, several. Hopefully hopefully three more. So Okay, moving on to Matt Bradley. Penny the Puppy was at the game last night. He played 25 minutes, was 3-for-7 from the field, was 1-for-2 from 3 when his 1-3 was a six-step back, which was his last shot ever made at Viejas Arena. Two minutes to go. What a what a exclamation point on his Aztec career yeah. at Viejas. He was 4-for-5 from the free throw line. He had 11 points. He drew five fouls. Um, just what can you say about Matt Bradley? You know, I mean, he's a bucket getter. He did everything that he's kind of wanted to do thus far. I mean, we got to get a couple more wins in the big tournament for what he came here for, but you just feel really good about a guy who was in the Pac-12, scoring a bunch of points, you know, doing doing his thing, and then comes here to, you know, be a part of a winning thing, and he's doing it. And you have to feel good for a guy that, you know, did the right things that you you would say he did he did the right things for the right reasons, and he's being rewarded for it. Well, uh, definitely. I mean, and especially like he made some comments about this whole race for Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, and you know, he made conscious choices to not f- not put himself on that pedestal. He's part of a program, and all of these guys seem really, really committed to whatever it takes. And for Matt Bradley this year, it means less minutes, less shots, less you know, less individual statistics. So he might not win that Mountain West Conference Player of the Year accolade, and he seems very much at peace with that, and has no he has more work to do to you know to get to these goals that he set for himself when he joined this program, but. You know, I just think he has been a wonderful addition to this team. You can tell his emotions were there at the beginning of the game last night. I told Austin he's either going to, like, kind of struggle to get out of his own way and out of his head to, you know, for this moment, or he's going to go off. And he actually ended up kind of, like, 
finding some place in the middle. But but all of these guys, I think, played through the the magnitude of this game and the emotion of this game to to get a real solid win. So kudos to Bat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then just some other ones here. I mean, Keisha Johnson. He uh, he was a second on on the team with plus minus at plus 19 he had you know he had four points six boards he guarded he guarded maldonado a good amount um they tried to get him a lot of dunks oh man they tried to get him so they tried to get him so many dunks and adam (laughs) did get him on one alley um but he they there was an active active um just trying they were very active in trying to get him dunks and uh I'm going to guess Coach probably didn't love that, but, you know, but, you know KJ deserves some big KJ moments in the in this game. You know, he very well might not be back next year, and he got he got at least one, and he just really, like, he played the high level of basketball I think we've seen from him this year, and it's been such an evolution, and, you know, his whole family was there, which was awesome. They're, they're Bay Area, you know, people, so they were all able to come down and celebrate with him, and just what a... What a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Lamont Butler next up, just uh, he had no points, He had, but he had six assists, two steals, and only two turnovers. He was plus 10, three boards. Um, I mean, if he's not Mountain West Player of the Year or Defensive Player of the Year, that is a rigged award, and it just should be disbanded at that. The voters should, be, the, the voters should get their votes taken away at this point because he is easily the best defender in the league, uh, and he was just – he was unbelievable last night. I said it. Maldonado is a, is a, is like an all-time Mountain West Conference player. He leads. I think he's number one in assists in Mountain West history. And Maldonado was one for eleven last night. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that says it all right there. I think Lamont might have won himself Defensive Player of the Year based on his performance last night. I mean, that was absolutely outstanding. He again, an unselfish player who just committed to getting his job done and his job was to keep Maldonado from going off. So I, you know, continue to promote the import of Butler as a a piece of this team that is just so critical and he did a great job. I will say the fact our two guards, our normal starting guards were one for nine from the field, touch concerning Uh, going into March, they've had a couple paired duds together, but you know, what, what Lamont does with his defense that you know his offense is is it's not quite the cherry on top per se because we do need his assists we definitely needed at least his assists last night but they got to make some shots it's true i mean it, the the fortunate thing for this game and it has happened before is it's a it's a game where then Seiko steps up and Parrish steps up and Bradley has a has a solid game so you know kudos again to our depth yeah no for sure so um, let's see. Anybody else? Oh, Micah Parrish. He, you know, he had a couple awesome threes last night. Um, his box score doesn't. He had six rebounds, um, and he had two assists. But you know, he's just coming into his own so much on this team. And I actually thought he had more points, quite frankly, when I'm looking at it now. Um, but you know, him and Ladie next year with you know Darian Bird Saunders, whatever transfers come in, B.J. Davis, like. You know, this will be, you know, it could very much be Parrish and Ladie's team next year. And that is an exciting, exciting thing. Yeah, definitely. He, I think the reason it seemed like he had more points is because we kind of rode the wave of Micah Parrish from the good game that he had at Boise, you know, and he is keeping his energy levels at that peak. That's one thing. Those guys bounce back from that Boise loss so well. Um, 
you know, Parrish just he keeps playing great defense. You know, he's making big shots, so maybe he didn't have a ton of points, but the the timing of his big shots that he makes is always so energizing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you know, I think the bounce back thing, you know, you know, that's that's a lot on Dutch of just like NBA mentality, next game, keep it rolling. This is, you know, just got to put that, that one in the rearview mirror and focus on the next task at hand. Um, and, you know, he does get credit for, you know, getting these guys always ready for the next game. Yeah, no high highs, no low lows. Exactly. He keeps them real neutral. They get to celebrate, but then they're back to focus. And yep. he's really, a, you know, does a great job with that. All right. So we good there on the box score? Anything else that sticks out to you? I mean, you know, I'll just give a little love to our other guy, Nate Mensa, four for four from the free throw line. That just kind of is a, a fun stat line for him. I mean, that was his only points. So for him to come through with those clutch free, th- I mean, it's just, it's good for those guys to get those kind of reps in these games that are high pressure. And um, again, another like guy that's just had a career evolution. Yeah, I mean, I, you know one thing that's pretty interesting about this season is our free throw shooting has been pretty good. I don't know what our exact, our exact uh, percentage is, and we've had a couple dead games, but, I mean, they were 13 for 15 last night from the free throw line, and mm-hmm. they're pretty consistently, like, over 70 75%, and so... And our big guys have been Yes, Ladi really, is a really, really good, good free throw shooter, and Mensa has come a long way from honest free throw shooting, for sure. Definitely. So, a, a rope's even made a few this season. Like, come on. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, all right, so just moving on to Homer and Hater. If you're new here, this is just an irrational take, both positively and negatively, about the game or surrounding details of the game last night. So, Carly, let's hear your Homer. I mean, I think really I'm just going to go out and say this team is as good as we expected them to be. And I know people have been hot and cold on it, and, you know, I get a high five at the game here and there for being the, the like kind of glass half full member of this Aztec breakdown glass squad. Glass half full, glass three quarters full, always. Glass full <laughs> to the top. I mean, I, nobody hates a little positivity. I, I just think um, it's kind of how this team has managed their own emotions throughout this this season. But listen, we played 30 regular season games. We have 24 wins. We have 15 Mountain West Conference championships under our belt. Like, this program and this team are exceptional. And, you know, I think as we always shout out to Dutch's teams, they are peaking at the right time. Uh, They had three conference losses, two super tough road losses. You know, there is way more to be happy about with this team than there is to be pissed about. And, you know, I won't spend a ton of time on it because I know we all know we are spoiled as Aztec fans. And... My homer is just they're as good as we thought, and I hope they continue to prove me right over the next month. The problem is just like, you're totally right. You're 100% right. They just have to play that way for all 40 minutes and put these games away. Yeah, definitely. that's just a mental barrier that they have to break through, and God willing, knock on wood, they'll do it here when the big dance comes around. But, I mean, that's the thing. These guys are so talented. I think that's why there's such high expectations. We're growing year over year over year. And it's just time to really put the stamp on it. And that's the last thing that this group really needs, right? Is like they need a win in the big tournament to just really put a bow on just a spectacular generation of like Aztec players. You know, the Keyshots, Adams, you know, kind of going back to that that class. Like mm-hmm. what they need is wins in the big dance and that puts a bow on just such an exceptional last kind of five six years 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, a lot of teams, you know, a lot of fan bases spend the whole season trying to figure out if their team is good enough to win. And all I'm really arguing is that, yes, our team is good enough to win all of these games. Now, they don't necessarily play that way 100% of the time, but we know they're fully capable. And, you know, I'm just excited for the way that they're playing basketball right now. I think they can write it for a while. Yeah, no. I'm a homer. It's my homer. You are a homer indeed. Um, Yeah, so my homer... I'm blanking. What did I say? My homer. We didn't pre-discuss things. Yeah, I don't that's know. true. <laughs> um, I would just say my homer is just, it's kind of just tag teaming off, off that of, of, on yours. It's just like, there's, there's things to gripe about. There's, there's, there's criticisms we had that, that Kyle and I discussed at length last mm-hmm. episode, but you're right. I mean, th- it's just like this team is primed to make that jump and they're good enough to make that jump. They just have to go and do it. And they are, and they are plenty talented enough to do it. And they, they are, you know, you know, they are a top basketball team on the West Coast. I mean, you know, I mean, it. They are right there, and they just have to go and do it. And I, and I think they will. I, I, I think they will. I. This team seems pretty determined to do it. And, you know, we we jokingly talked about at the beginning of conference play. Like this team could go undefeated in conference. They went pretty close. They were pretty close. They were pretty close to going undefeated in conference. I mean, you know, the New Mexico game at home was kind of the one blunder, but the other two games really weren't that big of blunders. And, uh, you know, I think... And the New Mexico game only really looks like a blunder because they fell apart after that. You know, if they had continued to roll through the conference the way they were when they were undefeated, I don't know that we would be even saying that. I mean, nobody likes to win or lose at home, but... Also, just uh, AG should be sixth man of the year in this conference, and Lamont should be the defensive player of the year. And if that doesn't happen, I don't know what these guys are watching. I know that Ziegler, in his, when he posted his votes, was saying that Utah State um, sixth man was probably going to get it because he averages 12 points a year or 12 points per game this year. It's AG, and really that's my home. AG is a top 15 player in this conference. And yes, he only played 11 minutes because that's what we, we need to save his body. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, context really matters with AG. And he is a top 15 player in this league. He should be an all-Mountain West kind of first team, second team, third team. He should be sixth man of the year. And Lamont should be defensive player of the year. And we should have guys riddled throughout those teams. And if they don't, it's just because our depth kind of killed their numbers and they didn't really watch us and they're just looking at our score, looking at our box scores. I will say though, like this, because these are conference level awards, I, and I totally agree with you. I think it would, that was my exact homer like three weeks ago. And it's, it's so deserved, but I do think in this conference, a lot of these coaches, especially, I don't know as much about the media, know how good a rope is. They do know. And and Butler. Um, you know, they have suffered at the hands of the Butler. <laughs> and so I, I'm actually kind of optimistic that if if a rope doesn't win, that we might be able to at least see. I know on the media side they they share the the votes. You can see kind of how the players scored. He better get some respect. Absolutely. I mean, he has been unfreaking believable this season. So, all right, Carly, give me your hater take. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we didn't we didn't do a deep dive on our seniors yet, but maybe I'll spend a little more time talking about this then. But my hater is towards any school that tries to recruit Keyshawn Johnson for a grad transfer year and gets him to go, because I would 
be crushed to see him in another school's uniform. Like KJ is just, you know, kind of up there with a rope for me and like a heart and soul of this team kind of like he's the hype man. He's the good attitude. He's the happy guy. He's the energy guy. And like if he decides to go pro, I, I just fully respect that decision. I think anytime these guys can go make money playing basketball, like do it. But And he'll have his degree. And he'll have his degree. Like he he's checked all the boxes. He has paid his Aztec dues. Like I want I wish him all the best, but I will be just so heartbroken if he gets recruited to some program. I mean, I've been trying to really like talk myself in and out of it. Like I don't think it's a super likely scenario. Like he would have to find a program that would really improve his pro prospects in some capacity. And I just like I haven't yet figured out what that would look like. So I'm hoping it won't happen, but over the last couple of days is that little buzz of like all the options are on the table for Keyshad. I've been uh, just feeling like kind of what a knife in the gut that would be for me personally. So I don't know. Again, I always twist my haters, but that's really one that's just about our love for Keyshad. Sure. No, absolutely. What about you? You got a hater for us? <laughs> it's a tough week for a hater. We're in celebration mode, at least for the next few days. My hater is... It's funny because they used a different starting lineup last night, really, for the first time all season, mm. other than maybe one other game. And they got off to a great start, which hasn't historically happened with our starting lineups this season. And um, it kind of proved a point. Maybe they <laughs> should, maybe it should be a little different. And also, they also, you know, and also it forced the Aztecs to play some other lineups that we hadn't really messed with this year. Yeah, it and threw I, off the rhythm of all their sets. And I, right? liked, I liked some of them. And I'm like, where have these been? Like I liked, like, where have they been? Like, they were some pretty interesting. There was a really small lineup out there with Ladie kind of at the small ball five. Like, there was some really interesting stuff there in the first half that playing all the seniors together kind of forced that hand. And there's been some clamoring of, like, kind of how they would switch things up. And they they did. And I thought some of it was pretty good. Yeah, it's true. Um, but, yeah, it, that's, that's really – I mean, it's hard – like you said, it's hard to have a hater, but – it, it is funny how they got off to a 7-0 start with no point guards on the floor. They were hitting threes. Wyoming threw a weird 1-3-1 at us that Adam hit a couple threes over. Oh, I was going to talk about that, yeah. And it was just, it's just like, there's kind of been clamoring for it, and we all kind of said, hey, they're, they have a great record at this point. They're not touching it, blah, blah, blah. We've kind of been on that train for a couple months now. Doesn't look all that wrong. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, it's funny too. Uh, one of our, our Twitter buddies, Vince Outlaw, tweeted at us about one of the lineups that was like the lineup of the future. So it was when they had no seniors in. Um, I think maybe Keyshot was in, but since he has the option, I'll keep him in that neutral zone. But it was like Ladie, Parrish, Keyshot, Lamont, um, and, Darian. and Darian. And like that group looked really great together too. Mm -hmm. So um, you're right. It, it, Wyoming threw us off a little bit. I mean, first senior night and then Wyoming in the 1 3 1 just kind of like. I feel like the whole first like five minutes was a little bit of like a like a ping pong. But they were up seven nothing. Uh, yeah, they, they and Linder it out. Linder always does this to us. He always has one thing that's just like that, that we've never seen them do to us before that he just tries to like throw a wrench in. Yeah, and like he just it's always something. It's always something. He's a good coach. Like there's been some whispers about him not being the greatest of character people, which I don't well, know. I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how true, you know, that could be coming from a lot of camps or whatever, but 
the guy is a good X's and O's coach. Like, there's no doubt about that. And he always brings something weird to the Aztecs. That's true. Yeah, and, you know, nobody ever really knows what goes on behind closed locker room doors. But, you know, I know that guys like Maldonado... Would die for him. Absolutely. They would go to bat 100 days out of 100 for, for him. And Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know respect to just uh, the Cowboys I'll have to take one one 10 second plug for that like talk about a team that's dealt with a ton of adversity a coaching staff like that's somehow kept the guys that are there motivated like they 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 play with a lot of heart they have some talented people but you know I think we all knew that this would be the outcome of of last night's game man Maldonado just a Seven, just the seven circles of hell he was in last night. He was. He had three, they had three blocks on him. He had a turnover. He was one for 11 from the field. And then he was so shook, he was one for three from the free throw line. Yeah, when he missed the free throw, I was like, oh, oh, man. Yeah. You know, but Linder will keep putting together teams. So, like we said, for as long as we're in this conference, which hopefully might just be one more year, we want the other teams to be good, so hopefully they can figure out what they're what they're doing up there and come back to the table with some. You know, they got some talented. They only have two seniors on this team. They got some talented guys returning in Jeremiah Odin and that Xavier Ducell. Um, so we'll see what they can put together. I, that team actually is one of those randos that could do something really like ridiculous in this tournament next week. I'm super glad we're not on the same side as the bracket as them. We'll go through that a little bit here in a few minutes, but um, my parents are coming to the tournament with us. I That would have been a nightmare for me if we had to play them in our first game. So glad that's not on the table. Yeah, you're, yeah I, I, I I've been care. sweating that. <laughs> I must say, I don't care about that at all, and I thought I would more and more as I've talked sports with your dad over the years, but it doesn't do anything for me. I just don't we'll beat them. I don't really care. Well, yeah, but then... Like, you grew up there, I get it. Like, no, I, no, you, I, I don't care about beating them. I care about the fact that my dad would have to sit next to us in the Aztec section while that was happening. That's because true. Because he, he got our the, the tournament passes with us, so that just would be uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. All right, so instead of kind of dissecting the game more and like talking about trends or whatever we usually do in this section, we're just going to get gushy about the seniors. I got the list here, and we're going to go through them. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be just a little bit different of a format into the season. Um, yeah, so let's start with uh, the Broughton twins, Tyler Broughton and Tristan Broughton. I mean, that story Ziegler wrote was maybe the best thing he's done all season, just profiling these guys. Like, just, like, what a story, like, you know – just everything about you know their dad not being in their life really and he's like a former nba player and his mom really coming to bat and like doing everything she can to make sure that these guys can pay for school and they're part of the program and you know they're like just they're working so hard on so many different fronts it's not just the basketball aspect of it or even the school aspect of it but they have jobs they have side they have side hustles and like you just really appreciate guys that they're, they're, they're culture centers, right? Like, they could easily just be like, forget this. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, I got more important stuff to do than pay to play basketball at San Diego State, which is essentially what they do. Like, that they pay to play basketball at San Diego State and, you know, go to school and all that stuff too. But, like, at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what it boils down to. And they're culture centers, and they seem like great guys. And, like, I'm just, I'm really, I'm just very happy for them. And if they want, if they grad transfer and like go get a scholarship ship somewhere at the D2 or lower D1 level, like, hell yeah, you go do that and we'll root you on. And like, I just would be very excited for them if they got that opportunity. Totally. No, I, 
ditto everything you said. Every time they got, they've gotten in a game this year, I've been thrilled for them. Love their numbers. 24 is my number, my favorite. So, um, you know, they got some great clothes. I always see them like when they're they do. They, uh, they, off the um, off the court style. A plus. Jeremy Hemsley, give him a job after they graduate at his fashion company. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and just like hopefully we beat the snot out of somebody in Vegas and they can actually get a bucket. Yeah, that would be that would be a thriller. Well, you know, that leads right into our, our next guy, Jared Barnett. I just he is just a I don't know, he's just been part of this program for so long. And he's just that guy you just want good things for. I wanted him to make that basket so bad. I mean everyone on the bench. You can tell how much the guy I mean the Broughton twins too, but like you know, he's always kind of around. He's around the, the scholarship guys a lot. You can see it, you know. In you can the, tell they're just really good friends. Yeah. And I, I would love to know how much he scorches them every now and then on the scout team. <laughs> yeah, I bet it happens. But, you know, another guy, program guy, been around forever, just seems like a great person. Um, and you're just, you're just happy when they can get in the game. And, you know, the... The, the, I mean, they are the they are the practice squad. So like they they bring it every you know. This goes with the Broughton twins and with Cam Lowen and you know all those guys that like, you know they get these they sharpen the metal of of our scholarship players that play you know in the actual games. But like they play it, they still play a huge role in how in the overall team success. And you know one of the things we I I'd heard from and you know talking to somebody kind of around the program is like how. In how just important both the walk-ons are with how they practice against them and the managers and just like an elite level of manager for this team that really just sets these guys up for success and they're real contributors to the overall program. I can, I'll just say something sidebar about the managers that I learned recently and you knew all about this, but this is me kind of just like digging in more. Like the managers play the other team's managers in like pickup games. They're not even pickup games. They're like, they get refs. Like it's a whole thing. I love it. And our managers kick ass. Yeah, they're they, 4 they, they, went, they went up to UCLA today to play and they beat them. Like, you know, obviously manager to manager. I don't know what the UCLA manager, like, level of talent is. But I just think it's, like, a really cool, like, subculture of all of this. Um, that, again, is just, I think, indicative of the character of our program. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get all these guys that buy in. You know, again, they pay tuition to be here. You know, like... They do get some good shoes, though, I think. Yeah, and I'm sure Maybe there's... not quite as many as the scholarship players, but there's some access in there, and I... No, for sure. For there's that. definitely benefits to it. I mean, you know, my, my college roommate was a practice player for the women's team, and, like, he got some great benefits, but he still paid to go to school. Like, it's not like yeah. he was on scholarship. Like, he did get the... He did get the, you know, he gets priority registration and he gets some shoes and some gear. Like that is, that is a huge win, but yeah. it's also like a huge time suck. So yeah. like, let's not say like, I mean, it's still like another job. You got to really love the game of basketball to, to grind like these, some of these guys do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Mr. Matt Bradley next. He's been with the team for two years after transferring from Cal. He is the ultimate bucket getter. Um, Penny the puppy. Uh, you know what? I mean, he's just... He's just bought in. 951 from San Bernardino. Love that. Being from going to high school in Corona myself. Like, he has meant everything to this team over the last two years of just being able to score. And I'm just so happy that he, that he came to be a San Diego State Aztec. He's been just an amazing addition to this program. I think, you know, 
he just has the right attitude. He's been super fun to watch. He's been exciting. Uh, I'm, he's one of those guys, I'm really curious to see what he does next, you know, because I think it's really like clear that most of the guys that graduated out of this caliber program are at least going to explore their pro prospects. I, I don't know where Matt Bradley's going to end up. I... He has some big career aspirations. Like he's always at the, he's at the, you know, mentoring fairs. You see him like he takes his, all these guys take their academics super seriously. Doesn't he want to be an FBI? Is he, he's the one that wants to be an FBI. I think agent, so. Right? I thought I read that somewhere, which is awesome. It would be interesting to see what he does. I think he should try to play pro. I think he should keep playing basketball. He's too talented to not, but I know that can be really hard on going, you know, going over life Going and... overseas is not everybody's bag. Yeah, and like making money like that. That's a tough life. And so like if he wants to go and pursue another career, that's totally on him. Like good for him either way. But if he wants to go get a paycheck abroad playing basketball, it's definitely there for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Hey, we can add him to our tour of, of all of our former Aztecs around Europe. I know. Hopefully he just gets picked up by Strasbourg. And, uh, well, then we're definitely going. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Next here is Keyshawn Johnson, program guy, four years. His first year was with the 1920 team when he was a freshman. He got some PT on that team. Um, he's just, he's worked his ass off. He has grown his game. He believes in the program. And he can do whatever he wants, and I, I would support him. But I, I'm with you. I'd be pretty bummed if he, if he grad transferred and went to another college. Yeah, I don't want to see it. I mean, this guy's going to make some money playing basketball. Hell yeah, he is. So whether it's, you know, a year from now or next year, like, he's going to have a pro career, which is great. Um, if he ever figured out, like, how to just be a consistent in-game three-point shooter, he would make it to the NBA. It's just the three-point shot in games statistically quite isn't there yet. But, like, if he went to Europe or whatever and, like, figured that out, he could definitely come back and play. Like, he, he just has that body. He could do that. I mean, honestly, like, we saw even Matt Mitchell go. He played a year in Europe. He came back and played some some NBA Summer League stuff. You know, and that's where you have opportunities to shine. Even if you don't, you're, you're not a lottery pick, fine. Like, so many of these guys go out and just grind away. And, and you know, I think he'll have a, a bright future no matter what. I, you know... I think it could be really interesting to see him back a year. I think also if he goes, there's there's people ready to step in. And so this is a case, I think, of really he's just got to do what's best for him. And last night I was like all about the one more year well, chance. He deserves but he, he deserves, deserves to know that we want him. If he wants us, we want him. Like I, I just wanted him to have that moment. He's definitely the one person that it's like, it's un, you know he has to get the information to decide yeah. what's best for him. But like he graduated, he's going to graduate from San Diego State. Like he has every, he deserves every consideration to do whatever he wants. And if he wants to come back, we will gladly have him. And if he doesn't, that's okay too. Like he, he's earned that right to figure out what he wants to do next. Yeah, definitely. And and we'll cheer for him, you know, no matter what. So Just I still go to St. Mary's. That's like the one thing I could see. Like the only plausible outcome if he grad transferred. Like if he could play closer to home. Yeah, that's the only one. But don't do oh. that. Please don't go to St. Mary's. I, I don't. I don't know. I think, I don't think that's the vibe for him. We, 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 
when we went to Phoenix to watch our team play St. Mary's, we had dinner after the game, and the entire St. Mary's basketball team ended up coming into the same restaurant. We were at Thunder Dan Marley's restaurant. They're not fun. <laughs> Keyshad has to have a group of fun guys around him. He is the life of the party. He needs to have that type of environment. So wherever he ends up, I know he'll bring 100% of that, and I hope he gets 100% in return. Um, so... Yeah, if I think back on my own personal like highlight reel of like big Aztec moments over the last couple of years, so much of it is just like big moments from him. So yeah. it says a lot. All right, let's move on here to Adam Seiko. You know, our guy from Boston. Love that. Um, just a three-point marksman. I mean, he's been here even longer than uh, <laughs> the one guy that's been here longer than KJ. Um, just another program guy who sacrifices a lot on this team to you know he doesn't start where he could definitely start at a lot of other places just another just seems like great great guy and just happy that he's happy that he's a san diego state aztec is that he are his stats back up is he back up over 50 percent for three-point shooting i thought he he was exactly 50 percent is what i saw i this yeah so anyways just what a kind of quiet excellent player he is Uh, I just I love him I think he will be the kind of guy that like shows up a few years from now to root on this team we'll see him on the bench some game and he'll get a standing ovation and you know like I said earlier rooting for him to get some wins next week so he's the winningest Mountain West player of all time hey maybe the conference will dissolve and he'll have that record for like eternity yeah right (laughs) you know out of the question again another guy that's going to make some cash playing basketball I mean the guy the guy the guy can shoot and he will play he will play as professionally as long as he wants somewhere could he like go to the Olympics yeah because he plays on that I think it's Ugandan team Uh yeah he could and if they qualified Wonder, we got we got the Olympics in Los Angeles in 2028, guys. That could be that could be his time. He could also because he may qualify due to his family ties to not be a export player for the NBA Af- or the the NBA African League mm-hmm. that the NBA basically sponsors, um, and he could that could be a place where he goes and could could really cash in a little bit there. So, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Super, super appreciative of everything Adam's brought to this program, and I have a feeling he's going to have some big moments for us still to come this yes. season. Yes, yes, yes. So next up, just Nathan Mensa. You know, how far we have come with Nathan Mensa from when he was, you know, the starting center on that 2019-2020 team, and he went out with his medical his medical thing, and all we wanted was Nathan back for the tournament. And he was like this missing key of like, mm-hmm. man, like what is going on? Like... How serious is it? Like, is he ever going to play basketball again? Like, it was pretty, like, I, I don't know if people remember just, like, how serious it was for him. It was very, like, mysterious, too, which I told, you know, totally important to respect player privacy in these scenarios. But, like, people were really worried. Yeah. And just to think where he is now with Defensive Player of the Year, one more year came back. Just, again, another, a really interesting guy. Just, he seems so introspective and, like, he works on his own time. He beat, marches to the beat of his own drum. And you can really appreciate that about somebody. He's a fantastic sneaker collection if you follow him on social media, which I really, like, didn't necessarily expect from him. But now, like, I can't unsee it and I love it. He's, like, a quiet fashionista. Um, Another guy that will play a long time professionally if he oh, wants to. Absolutely. I, I'm super glad and if we didn't do our plays of the game. Um, but... I'm really glad he got that one huge volleyball spike yes, block. Yes, absolutely. Like, that was that was as much as Matt needed that that uh, fadeaway three pointer. Nathan needed a big block, 
at Viejas and he got it. And that was a great moment. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, an all-time Aztec. He's an all-time Aztec. I mean, look, just look at the staples of centers to come through this school, you know, for him. And then before him was Skylar Spencer. And then before him was Malcolm Thomas. And before him was Marcus Slaughter. I mean, that gets you almost all the way back to when we were like when I was a Marcus Slaughter was a senior when I was a freshman. So like that's a lineage of four centers over the course of the last 16 years that are just defensive staples. Like, you know, he's part of a great tradition of big guys at this school and, you know, just kudos, kudos to him on a, on a wonderful career at San Diego state. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get to it. Your guy, <laughs> Rope. I did cry as expected during our uh, senior announcements for AG. I just, you know, what, Got a hug after the game. I did get a hug. I, I was trying to get a picture, but like they were really doing a good job with their like handholdy security line. I had my AG jersey on. I don't we know. Saw you. If you didn't see my video, go to my Twitter and check it out. I got a shout out video thanks to Austin from AG about wearing my teal jersey. So even though it was a whiteout, I still had the teal jersey on. Um, just character guy, program guy. You know, I don't know what this team would have been without him. He's just. He's a secret ingredient. He's like, the, he is he is the secret weapon. And, you know, he took some lumps. Like, you know, his second year, like, I remember early on, I was just like, oh, man, like, what's, you know, how's this guy going to fit in? He's the Swiss Army Knights. Dutch, Dutch always loved him. And then ever since he just, like, had this moment of coming, deciding to come back and then kind of figuring out his body regimen with, you know, I mean, he had the shoulder, he had the hip thing. He, remember he had vertigo for, he was battling, oh, yeah, he was battling was vertigo forever. Um, and just... You know, shout out to Justin and Serge to like get get him and the doctor and the medical staff of getting him right. I mean, you know, I put it out there on Twitter like I'd love to see him to be a grad assistant kind of player whisperer next year. But there may be a higher calling for AG and just what he wants to do with his life. That's big, quite frankly, bigger than basketball. You know, his faith is very important to him. Um, we met his priest last night. His the, the three- I, I was like, it was out of character for me because I'm normally like a try to be cool <laughs> fan. But as everybody was on the court, they were hanging out. AG's dad was kind of standing on the baseline under the far basket, and he was just standing by himself for a minute. With he was holding the bouquet of flowers he had been given in the beginning of the game. And I just had to walk up to him and I just said, you know, congratulations. And like, we just, you know, love and appreciate your son so much. And he, you know, was really grateful. And then he saw my jersey and his eyes like super lit up. Like he knew it. Like we, they really mean this. And I think it was nice for them to just, um, they hear it all the time, I'm sure. But what a demonstration and the fan roars and all the cheers for AG last night that his family got to enjoy, you know, really for the second time, the the appreciation of the value that that young man has brought to this program yeah and i mean just everybody loves him i mean it's it's super funny stories we were in the mezzanine before one of the games i don't know a month ago or whatever and a professor comes up and goes oh like a he's in one of my classes because i had the jersey on he goes oh like and and just talked about how much he loved him and he also loved lamont he had lamont's n7 jersey from the year before it's funny story because he was actually one of my professors from back in the day i'm like are you professor beck like i'm pretty sure i had you and then he pretended to remember my name, which absolutely it's okay that he did it. But um, it was it's just a, a, another testament of just like everybody loves him. And he's just such a – he's just the spark. He absolutely deserves to be sixth man of the year. He deserves to be recognized from a Mountain West perspective. And 
If the players could vote an award, I think he would win. Just like a toughness award or just like... Something. He's like getting all my yearbook accolades. Like he's, like, I don't know, just he deserves some real recognition. But I think at the end of the day, he's not the kind of person that seeks it out. So, you know, our fan base will show, continue to show their gratitude as we cheer from him. And I'm glad we gave him a good kind of standing ovation send off last night from Viejas. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> all right. So... We're good there. So let's kind of just do a metric, quick metrics update. We're 15 in Ken Palm, 16 in net. Probably still be ranked tomorrow, but it doesn't really matter. It's conference tournament season, so we'll get the it, you know the AP ranking doesn't really mean anything anymore. That's more of a regular season thing. Um, but let's kind of just go through the bracket here a little bit. So let's start from the bottom. So New Mexico is the sixth seed. They play they play Wyoming. That feeds into who are the Utah State will play the winner of that game. So like, let's start that Wednesday are the play-in games. Yep, so so let's Wednesday. go there. There's four, six teams that have to play their way into contention here. Into the quarterfinals. So New Mexico, like, even though Wyoming did beat New Mexico at, at the, the pit, pit, at the pit. Um, just saying, they could make some, rumple some feathers. They could. That would be that would be crazy if New Mexico just totally just pooped their pants this last half of the conference season and got knocked out in the first round, that'd be hysterical. Crazier things have happened. Oh, for sure. So, you know, that's kind of the first game, I, you know. And then the game that feeds into the Boise State game um, is UNLV Air Force. You know, that's kind of is what it is. Um, UNLV should probably win that game. Um, and then the game that feeds into ours is Colorado State, Fresno State. And so, you know, I think... Everybody that listens to this probably agrees we'd prefer to see Colorado State. Hunt just knows us too well. Um, although on a neutral floor, after they play a game the day before with how li- limited their bench is, like, I wouldn't be like overly concerned if we played Fresno. But They've been a kind of, speaking of the Jekyll and Hyde that you guys yeah. talked about last week, they have been, between their home and away games this year, I think they've been like night yeah. and day. So the, I think the Aztecs will have an advantage regardless, but, um, you know, Having played Colorado State twice, we definitely know what we'd be getting ourselves into. Um, and then, so kind of moving the bracket. So let's like move through our bracket now. So we would play the winner of Colorado State, Fresno State. If we win that game, we will play the winner of Nevada, San Jose State. There's two minds of this, right? Love to see San Jose State from like winning the tournament perspective. But if we get Nevada, that will be a quad one win. Mm-hmm. So that So like, do we want the resume builder where we get another quad one win? Or do we want the easier path? Like, you could argue either one. Yeah. Also, breaking the tie against Nevada wouldn't be, like, the worst thing in the world, but... Um, I kind of don't care. I mean, San Jose's been playing really good as of late. Uh, you know, Amari Moore, the likely Mountain West player of the year, could go off in this tournament. That'll be interesting. You know, I was real pissed off after our Nevada loss, you know, at Nevada when they rushed the court, and that was all kind of... You know, a little chippy for me. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Nevada will definitely be the harder game. Definitely. But, Santa, you know, we, we kind of like poked fun at San Jose State beating Boise. And like in years past, it's just like you hear it and you're like, oh, that's hilarious. But they're not as horrible as usual. So, nope. and Tim Miles is probably going to win Coach of the Year. And he probably should. Hey, they earned themselves this this uh, quarterfinal buy in the tournament, which is why New Mexico has to play in against Wyoming. So, you know, not for nothing. So, I, I mean, for me, on our side of the bracket, 
I'm pretty glad we don't have to see New Mexico. It's unlikely that we will. They'd have to win f- three games in three days in order to get to the championship. That's the only way we'll see them. I think they're our worst matchup in the conference. Yep. Um, and everything else, I'm kind of like, we've, we've seen it. Yep. The one, the one team that I didn't want to see the most was New Mexico, and they're probably not going to get to the championship game. And if they do, it'll be their fourth game in four, four days. Yep. Um, you know, likely see Boise, which fine like utah state's been on a heater i don't know they they could make it and that would be okay with me but boise could be more motivated in that if they played utah state in the semifinal after they just got their ass kicked in the last game of the season so true do um, you think either of those teams i think boise is kind of on the more likely to get into the tournament regardless of the outcome of this tournament whereas utah state probably has to win it and or at least make the finals yeah. so there's motivation in that as well yeah i you know i mean um, i always enjoy beating utah state that's they're personally my most the team i just like the most in the conference yeah um boise always makes me nervous because their coach is very good and they have an aztec killer and marcus shaver jr mm-hmm. and um now max you can kind of add max rice to that list after what happened last game but yeah i think you know we're definitely on the right side of the bracket for us and if somehow San Jose State beats Nevada, then, you know, chalk, you know, that's, that just breaks all the right ways for the Aztecs. I expect to see Nevada in the semifinals, but if, you know, if God willing, the Aztecs beat who Colorado State or Fresno, but. Yeah, and, and honestly, for Nevada Nevada to have beaten us earlier this season at home, like, they had a lot of things fall their way. They had that one, the guy come off the bench, and he made, like, four threes. He had averaged, like, two points a game before that. So I think on a neutral court, you know, we're going to be tough. And it's funny because all day there's been a lot of our kind of, like, inner basketball tweet people like putting up these different scenarios but I keep coming back to this idea that like every single one of these teams should want to avoid playing us that's true like, we are the foe here yes um, that's, no so that's a we got to play from that place versus you know playing from a place of scared like oh we don't want to face you like they don't want to face us and that's you're exactly correct. you're exactly right that's a great point yeah. nice job Carly I, I, I come I come in with stuff here and there you uh you have just you're just such a podcast star now. <laughs> Working on it. Um, I will say, Austin and I are going to the tournament. We're flying in Wednesday. We're hoping to be there potentially for the women's final. You know, San Diego State women have had a great season. We do have tickets to the tournament uh, tomorrow and Tuesday. The all session passes for the women's that are going unused. So if you're in Vegas and you're interested in those tickets, uh, follow our crew and send me a DM, and we'll we'll give those away. Uh, definitely, the Aztec women could use some some hype from our Aztec fans, especially if they get UNLV in the semifinals, who is undefeated in Mountain West. Yeah, Park, so. yeah, that's a. That's going to be an interesting one. But so they're a good team. They've had a great year. You know, really good for them. Like kudos to Stacy Terry, uh, you know, Asia Avender, you know, all those gals. Sophia Ramos. Yeah, I mean, they just they're they. We I was so impressed when we went and watched them. They really they play hard nosed basketball. They play San Diego State basketball. They do, and uh, it's great to see. You know, it's just like I'd love to see their success. And so yeah, hit us, follow us on Twitter, DM us if you want those tickets. Um, we're happy to help you out. And for all of the fans traveling to Vegas, we're so excited. Uh, This is our first trip to Vegas for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, Heard a ton of good things about the community that travels, and we're just, you know, really looking forward to it. 
Aztec Ritas is the thing that I keep hearing about, and I'm excited to I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, yeah. We recently learned that we perhaps sit very close. Yeah, like three to, seats away from him to the uh, the kings of the Aztec Ritas. So I'm looking forward to introducing ourselves and uh, joining in on that fun. I know the Aztec Club folks or the Alumni Association folks are also doing a little gathering at the Virgin Hotel. Uh, I think it's two hours before the men's game, two hours before the women's game tomorrow. Uh, so look into that if you are around and, and join up with some fellow Aztecs. Yeah, no, it's great. And then just kind of a last plug for the Mesa Foundation Trivia app. Um, the engagement helps them by doing the trivia. I will say the trivia is outrageously hard. Some of it is so It's, it's super hard. Random. And it, it's what makes it addicting because you're just like, <laughs> what is this shit? And it's like these hard-ass questions. Math about, problems. I don't want math problems. The, is that trivia? It's funny. The math problems are the easiest ones. It's like, <laughs> how many points did the Boston Celtics score in the first round of the playoffs in game one? And it's Oh, see, I didn't select sports as one of my categories because I was afraid it would be too obscure. So you can, like, select your subject areas. I thought I was, like, playing my cards right, and it's been tricky. Although, I was the winner one day. I did win $10 and donated $10 to the Mesa Foundation. So, like, it's 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 a real thing. Yeah, no, so go ahead, check that out. Um, come say what's up to us if you see us in uh, Vegas. You'll, you'll know it's Carly with her turquoise AG jersey. That poor jersey is like never getting washed. Yeah, you gotta, dry, wear, you gotta dry clean it after the season, I'm telling after you. After the season, I will. I do wear a different undershirt <laughs> underneath it every time. But yeah, uh, we're, we're not hard to find. We're not hard to find. It's a great, you know, it's great to meet people that listen. And it's just, um, you know, it's been such a awesome season in our first year of having the tickets and going to all the games and being back on the being back on the west coast and i just sincerely thank everybody that's come up and said hi you know our friends in section u and section t and everybody that's come over and said you know just everybody that's been around and just like talking aztec hoops and like it's just been really freaking awesome and it's because the community is so great and it's i i I super appreciate it. I, I guess I'm guessing you appreciate it too. So absolutely, no, it, it's it's so fun, and you know I can't wait to see uh, Viejas East in action. I am excited for this. I, I have be- not been to a, a an away game there ever either. So like this is exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it's all about. I hope all the fans, if you're on the fence about going, just show up for this team. Yes, show up. All right, Carly. Regular season's over. Any other any other thoughts? No, I mean you know get ready for some uh, like tournament podcasting. Stuff. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. I should mention um, we are gonna do a similar thing that we did in Maui. Uh, every game we're gonna diary it out. We'll probably do a day zero um, just in Vegas. Day zero. Uh, we've talked about it with Kyle. Uh, I think we'll probably try to do an in-person three pod i think i don't know if jacob is going to vegas or not if he is then he'll come along too we'll we'll do we'll do a big old aztec breakdown get together um and do kind of some daily diary pods from vegas and hopefully we get three games worth hopefully we get three hopefully get three wins worth oh yes even better worth we we know that i only like to participate after a win so anyways good vibes to the aztecs we're looking forward to the trip uh this team's prime for march Yeah, so much for keeping this short. We're at an hour, but thank you so much for listening as always, and go Aztecs.